yeah, we're going to close all the offices, but you don't know what's going to happen. Is the whole economy going to collapse? Uh, what's going to happen? And so I think at that moment, uh, it's really, for me, it was really important at that moment is to 100% focus. It's really what we wanted to do is, is really making sure is that our employees were right, um, but also that we were supporting our customers uh, 100% or even 200% in these difficult days. From Positive Momentum, this is Meet the CEO, a show that takes you behind the scenes of the working lives of people who've reached what some might call the pinnacle of the career ladder. I'm Matt Crabtree, the founder of Positive Momentum, and on today's show we meet Kobe Vedonk, CEO of SD Works, an 850 million euro and fast-growing European HR and payroll services provider. Since 1945, SD Works has been offering people solutions, and today, more than 6,200 SD Works professionals based in 20 countries serve the needs of more than 5 million of their customers' employees across more than 150 countries. Coba became CEO of SD Works Group NV in September 2019 and was previously the CEO of RAT, and before that was the Chief Sales Officer and Executive Director for Europe and LATAM for Northgate Arinso. Now, for an organisation with such a long history, SD Works is a remarkably modern and dynamic player in what is a very competitive and fast-moving industry. And as you're going to hear, they have very big ambitions for the future. But before all that, I started out as we always do on Meet the CEO by asking Kobe why he became a CEO. Well, I never had really, it was not a dream or something, but it just it just happened. And uh, when I was asked to become a CEO, was, uh, I, I really love uh, challenges. And uh, I thought, yeah, let's do it. Uh, it's something that passes uh, by, but if you don't take it, if you don't jump on it, uh, yeah, you will probably never get it again. So, um, and uh, I have to say, it's, uh, yeah, it's a fantastic experience uh, because you, yeah, you're really the captain of a, a big vessel and uh, working with, with great teams and building great teams uh, and of course uh, working with your customers and all the stakeholders it's uh, it's something uh, really important but it's also very important is just to stay yourself and, uh, and put something of yourself into it yeah it's really interesting everybody we interview on this podcast i don't think we've ever had anybody say yeah it was my goal it was exactly where you know what i dreamt of being it's kind of happened by sort of organic evolution for everybody completely different directions and routes that everybody's taken but that kind of natural evolution seems to be the case but it's interesting you say keep a keep a part of yourself keep it keep it kind of real as we might say Absolutely, I think that that is, is the most important. Is don't don't lose yourself into it, and uh, it's just stay yourself because uh, and don't try to play a certain CEO role. But it's uh, yeah, it's you're just uh, the person that you are, and with with your positive things, your strengths, uh, but it's also of your weaknesses, and uh, and uh, and make sure is that uh, yeah that you know them. Yeah, I mean, I, I having known you for more than a decade now, I think, and this is the third role I've seen you operating in. Um, you are definitely an example of somebody who says entirely consistent. You are who you are, um, and that that behaviour maintains as the businesses you've led have grown bigger and bigger and bigger as time's gone on. And a pretty pretty big and exciting journey you're on with SD Works right now. Um, listen, we in these podcasts we try and sort of get behind the curtain a little bit and ask CEOs kind of almost. How do you structure your day? And specifically, are there part of the, is there part of the day or the week or the month that you really protect 
that is sacrosanct because CEOs are typically pulled in lots of different directions. Uh, is there a part of the day or the week of the month that you protect at all costs? Uh, well, it's 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 mainly it's uh, on the on day sides, and so it, it's less. But I really, for me, it's sort of the gold, my golden rule that I have is 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 really is making sure is I spend a, a third of my time is is really with the teams, is really to to make and to really understand what's happening in the business. So I'm really uh, spending a lot of time with, uh, let's say, our top 150 people is really to understand, but even also going deeper in it. And then the, the second uh, stakeholder uh, is, is really customers, is really knowing what's happening and so on. It's, it's yeah, I'm not anymore on the sales myself, but it's really more understanding what's living uh, uh, there. And the other third is more is the rest of the stakeholders uh, to do so. So it's that's sort of my golden rule is to is to to be on uh, is being with your feet on the ground in your organization, but also uh, in, into the market uh, continues to have your feet there. And then at the other hand is. Of course, it's, yeah, you have other stakeholders to, to manage. Uh, it's being pressed, it's partners, it's, uh, and of course, your shareholders, board, and all that sort of thing. So that is a bit my rule of thumb that I have is about uh, making sure is that, that I organize my schedule. And is that kind of a third, a third, a third in, in your mind, a third team? So that's sort of, yeah, it's a sort of a rule of thumb that I have for myself. And, uh, and, and I think and the other side is, is making sure is that there is still time enough for yourself, um, so uh, family and friends. So for me, that's sort of the weekends uh, are important. Uh, it, does, it happens, of course, that you have things to do, and, uh, and, but it's really trying to, to spend some time. And, uh, and it's also have it's at least uh, a night a week is, uh, with my wife. Is because it's uh, it's so easy to lose yourself into it because uh, it's yeah, I I can fill up my agenda three times a day, uh, and I think that's the same for my colleagues. So it's really to make sure is that that you keep the balance. Yeah, quite right. We're catching you just uh, on your last day before fam family or summer holidays. So uh, we're really grateful to you for giving us a little bit of time. I know that customer thing is is hugely important to you. You say you're not not in sales anymore, but I think I think you really are. I think you'll always be in sales somehow. Um, do you find that the toughest bit to make maintain that you do that third with customers, or or is that the bit that could easily overspill? Because I know some CEOs worry about their proximity to customers do you find that pretty easy to maintain or or actually does sometimes that a bit more challenging it's uh i think i have some natural uh, tendency to to go to these customers uh but you see as in the organization sometimes yeah people want to keep you away from the customers and so on so uh so i think the bigger your organization becomes but within as the works is really customer intimacy is really our leading uh, part. So, and I think is yeah, as a CEO you have to show the example as well, and is is to listen to the customers and to see. Not everything goes well uh, with us. We know that, but at least as we are there to help and, uh, and to make sure is that we repair uh, what didn't go well. But there's also a lot of things that go well, of course. But it's, it's getting that feedback is important, and it's to understand that businesses the needs uh, that they are having is something different than just being in a sales trajectory. It's really how can we help them? How can we, we be better for them? And is, how can we spark their, their business uh, further? So that is uh, what is important. And so, yeah, it's absolutely um, something you have to, to watch because I know there's a lot of um, tendency is just to get away of it because there is a lot of other things to do. So I think it's, um, for me, it's, normal, it's, it's so important. It's really, and like COVID was a difficult uh, period to, to keep that um, sort of that schedule. But now uh, it's really, it's back on track. 
I'd like to see somebody try and keep you away from customers. That would be uh, that would be entertaining to watch. Um, talking of COVID, um, uh, which goodness me, it feels like it's all we've talked about for the last few years. Um, I wonder what the most challenging situation is that you've encountered as as a CEO. Maybe it was COVID. Maybe it's something else. Um, and what you learned from it, you know, most senior leaders we work with tell us it's the tough times that actually they get the most individual development in. What's been the toughest for you, Coburn, and how did it help? Yeah, I could say is uh, it's top of my mind. Of course, there's always a lot of different reasons, but I think uh, the the real start of COVID, uh, I think, is when you see is that things are closing down and that you're losing the control and the grip on it. Um, at a certain moment, yeah, we decided as well is, uh, yeah, we're going to close all the offices, but you don't know what's going to happen. Is the whole economy going to collapse? Uh, what's going to happen? And so I think at that moment, uh, it's really, for me, it was really important at that moment is to 100% focus. It's really what we wanted to do is, is really making sure is that our employees were right. Um, but also that we were supporting our customers uh, 100% or even 200% in these difficult days. And at the other side is also we wanted to be sustainable. So we didn't want to collapse and neither is, is really looking at, uh, at the cash is to make sure this prevents uh, that we would go uh, bust uh, at, the same, at that time. And so we, uh, that's what we implemented. So we clearly is, uh, we put everybody towards the customer. Uh, so like even the sales, the admins and people and so on, and to help the customers. Uh, and, and then preventing that catch very clearly after a couple of weeks or we found out is that uh, yeah, we would not go bust and that the business was doing very, very well. Um, but that was sort of the first uh, thing. And what I learned out of this is in a crisis situation, teams come really together. It's, it was uh, probably the most amazing, although that we never saw each other just on screens. It was uh, probably from an energy level, these three, four weeks, that were probably the highest energy levels that I have ever met in an organization at that moment. It was amazing. I was lucky enough, as you know, to be working with your XCOM at the time. And we, the sessions that we ran, they were remarkable, your team, in how they came together. You know, some of them relatively new in their role. Some of them have been in your organization for a long time. But I think lots of CEOs have had that experience that COVID somehow brought teams together and I've got several clients now who talk about maintaining that spirit outside of the horror and terrifying nature of the pandemic but yeah your team were they were amazing um, and are, are amazing but the way they reacted um, must make you very proud yeah absolutely and I think it's uh, and, and the great our key uh, measurements is for us is the employee engagement uh I do maybe it's uh, some uh, bells ringing behind, but it's the uh, our NPS score and and of course our financials is it, it was an incredible uh, so all all went completely green so uh, and uh, which really made us very very proud and I think it's we learned out of this as well is is even to focus more is uh, is is looking as also is yeah being a team is something you have to work on and um and yeah we're spending a lot of time on this is is really to to stay a team as well yeah it's a fantastic thing it really is um we're going to talk a bit more about the team um in a moment or two but before we get to that um who's most influenced the way that you lead cobra we've all had uh, great leaders in our backgrounds and stakeholders that we work with who've, who've influenced us along the way. Um, who's been big for you in terms of leadership influence? 
What to say is I'm uh, I'm always dealing with my eyes and my ears is uh, everywhere where I go. Um, so it's it can be at customer side, it can it can be uh, people like you, Matt, uh, but it can uh, but it's uh, and of course uh, people you've worked with. So I have to say is I don't have that one guru, but I'm uh, I'm picking everywhere uh, pieces uh, together. Is the thing that I have evolved enormously is from probably being uh, a person with high energy levels, uh, customer focus, but also is um being a certain chaos level uh, as well and and trying to do everything um is really to more and more evolving is really is yeah have the right best people for the best job uh, next to you and i think that is where i learned probably the most of it and i failed also a lot into this but it's really to build uh, it's the best team around you and i think it's from uh, several leaders i got really uh, that i worked with is it's not your energy, of course, is very important, um, but you can only do what you can do. And at, at a certain moment, you have to let go and put the right person at that place. So I think that is, and I would say it's for everybody, which is in leadership positions, you don't need to be a CEO, whatever position that is. I think that is the most important is, is get the right people around you and define the right framework where they can work and, and leave them a lot of freedom then to execute on it. Yeah, it's the great um, formula, isn't it, that everybody seeks, but seems more of an art than a science. You know, you say you say you put it as if it's as if as you say it's a failure. I'm not sure you failed, but you've just reinvented and reinvented and reinvented. And a, a experience would suggest that the CEOs who are constantly thinking, "How can I develop this person? Who's the next person coming up through the organization who could be a fantastic successor for this person when we expand and give them another role?" That constant thinking about how to upgrade either the individual or the team, I've watched you do it in the last 10 years or so, and it's it's fantastic to watch. It's fantastic. Well, of course, it doesn't always work out, but it's an inexact science, this stuff, right? If there was one way to do it, there'd only be one book. And the last time I looked in the airport bookshelves, there were blooming hundreds of them. So <laughs> it seems there are many, many different formulas to it. Absolutely, and I think it's uh, it's something yeah you learn and you experience. And again, it's also is yeah, put your own uh, sort of ingredients together uh, and that, that really fitting uh, with you as well. Because there is, like you say, there are hundreds of books and they're all very great uh, recipes. But uh, but it's find your own sort of magic and evolve even in it because it's it's changing with time and uh, and and with the place you are as a company. Uh, and as a team as well and so it's uh, it's something it's for me it's also the to I, I evolved this where i would say is that the thrill of winning deals and so on was the most important now is for me is almost i evolved in the the thrill of really putting the right teams together and and winning as a team is is by far uh, the biggest thrill i have today that's brilliant to hear. That is really, really brilliant to hear because that that's your legacy, right? For any CEO, that's your legacy. You can win deals and, and you can have the big banner clients and they're fantastic. And as you say, SD Works, they're the center of what you all do. But your legacy is all about the team that, that you build and that take SD Works to the next dimension. Um, let's talk a bit more about exec teams then. It's been a big topic for you and I over the last decade. What's your secret to building that effective executive you've talked about 
finding the very best people to be alongside you. What what else? What have you learned through trial and a little bit of error, Kobe, that it takes to build a really effective executive team? Well, I think the diversity is, uh, I, I would say, is, uh, is number one thing next to, of course, you have to have the people with, with the right competence and so on. But of course, yeah, that's that's just the standard. But it's really building a team is that, uh, that fit together. Um, and... Uh, I learned also by experiences in the beginning yeah, of your career, you often is go to try to find the sort of copycats and all sort of the same people. But it's so much more effective if you have teams that can challenge each other. So is this, uh, um, is this challenging friends is really uh, is important to have. So in these teams and to have different views uh, coming together. Uh, I think that is really uh, what makes really a team uh, instead of just having a good team is to really to build a great team and uh, to have that. And then, of course, it's, uh, and it's, it's a team that wants to work as a team. And that's the second thing is, is really is this, do we come to a DNA that we have the same stuff, that we are standing for each other? And that's, yeah, the, the plans we have, it's our plan and that the execution is us together and it's not... Uh, the finger pointing in there. So that's, I think, for me, um, if you get all these things together, uh, yeah, normally your business will do very well. It's the fun of it, isn't it? As, as you and I have, have had, hopefully, a, a bit of fun and a good bit of challenge over the years in calibrating that that challenge with that friendship. You drop that word in friendship. And sometimes, as you and I know, teams react a bit to that. Well, we're not friends with each other but it's that affinity often these days i talk about it almost being like um almost like siblings like brothers or sisters those that have them you know it's that kind of i can argue with you you know and you and i can have an argument but if somebody attacks you from outside the family i'm going to defend you till the ends of the earth and building that affinity between um exec teams i don't think you're ever done with that are you it's a constant tuning it's like trying to get the best performance out of a vehicle you're constantly uh, absolutely and i think that that is uh it's it's really wonderful and i think it's indeed it's sort of yeah it's it's like your family it's so your out of your second family uh, that you're building there and and it's good to argue uh and it's being very critical uh towards each other but it's in a safe environment uh, we will be there together. And uh, I think that is the, the part that you have to bring, I think, as a CEO as well, is that it's a safe environment for people in works that they feel is, I can say whatever, um, and maybe they will listen, they will not listen, but at least it's, it's in a safe environment we're we are doing this. And I think that is, yeah, if, if you can really talk about everything, you can laugh together, you can have fun together, and uh but it's but also having difficult conversations together. I think at that moment is is really uh, yeah, that means it's sort of it's it's starting to to pack together and it's uh, and so the secret sauce is getting there. And I think that is what makes again is between good and great. I think that is really what makes a difference. Uh, you and I have, have watched a few a few good arguments, and then but then we've been lucky enough to have a few damn good dinners. Often, often only an hour later, we're sitting enjoying a glass of wine together and having a good collegiate conversation, and that that's when we know we know we're doing the right thing. Listen, we're running out of your time. I know you're under pressure today, last day before holiday. Two two last quick questions, if that's okay. Um, biggest change on on your horizon, Cobra? We're here. Uh, we're recording this at the end of July. I guess this will go out in the uh, in the autumn. What's what's really big on your near term horizon? 
Well, so uh, one, one side is, is, is getting over the challenge because we know the economical environment is a bit, is, is very changing. So we, so we need to start to really understand uh, what's going to happen with our business, but also with the business of our customers and so on. So what is the impact? So, so that is troubling uh, us. And, uh, and of course, we're, we're trying to find is, is the right answers uh, to it. For example, the inflation side, uh, but is the, yeah, what if the recession comes there as well on top of it and so on. And, and uh, an enormous problem that we see is, is of course, is to find people. Uh, so that's uh, what's for, for, for most businesses the same. So, because we are a growth company, so that is, it's really things which is rather on a short term uh, to do that. And the other side is uh, we're really on a, on a very great journey. We have a strategic plan that we want to really continue to roll out and it's, it's becoming that European leader. And, and we don't want to get away from that neither. So it's, yeah, you have the short term uh, sort of hiccups in the economy. Uh, we want to, the underlying program, uh, strategic plan, we really want to roll that out and we have, yeah, busy with it. It runs very well. Uh, so we want to make sure is that these two are getting in sync and that we get the right answers to the short term so that we're certainly not putting the, the long term uh, in danger. So that is uh, for the next months, absolutely the number one uh, priority uh, to get that right. I remember when you started at SD Works and you fairly quickly laid out your ambition, uh, the growth ambition for the organization. And I, and I remember looking at people's faces as you laid it out. Uh, with some, you know, a, a minority of people, perhaps with a bit of scepticism, at least, um, and then you get the pandemic, um, and yet your performance, your growth performance, despite, you know, what some might argue is the biggest challenge we've had in our uh, commercial lives, you've continued to kind of march ahead, and and I guess the challenge for every CEO is, of course, what looks, you know, on our near term horizon economically looks uncomfortable and looks looks concerning but how do you maintain that growth trajectory and that confidence and not overreact to the talent shortage the economic headwinds but not underreact to them either and it's a very fine balance isn't it it's what keeps uh, keeps people like you and I in gainful employment i guess yeah that's a really and it's uh, and we really like you say it's it's Keeping that momentum is so important for us. Is we we are uh, yeah, we are on a very positive uh, road. Uh, we and uh, we want to absolutely to keep that and uh, to go on there. But on the other hand, is also yeah, let's be smart as well how to do this and to make uh, make that happen. So it's uh, it's a fine balance, uh, but it's uh, again it's a challenge and it's it makes also it's we'll learn out of it again. We'll get bigger out of it and stronger. Uh, I'm, I'm very confident. Uh, that will uh, tackle this one as well. Our listeners should know that, as Cobra says that, he has a big smile on his face because I think challenges are the thing he likes better than anything else. Cobra, last last question. Um, lots of our listeners are people who are thinking they might want to become a CEO one day, uh, might happen to them in the way that it's happened to you. Have you got a last handful of pieces of advice, maybe three if you've got them up your sleeve, pieces of advice for anybody who's aspiring to become a CEO, what should they do to prepare themselves? Yeah, I think and probably 90% of the CEOs, like you said, Matt, is that it's going to happen uh, to you. So I don't think uh, try to do something together. There is no part uh, that is going to bring you there. Is be yourself, uh, be open to learn day in, day out. But I think is where when you when will you be selected to, to become a CEO is very often is because you're able really um, to bring people together 
uh, and and rally them around uh, a clear strategy. I think uh, and I think that and you can do that also. In you don't need to be a CEO. You can implement that as well for yourselves in, in when you're a business leader uh, or whatever. Uh, and then the second thing is uh, is be yourself. Uh, there is uh, I think every CEO is different. Every person is uh, is different. Is is continue uh, to to be yourself and so on. And then and the third thing I think is you have to have passion. If you don't uh, like your business or whatever, if you don't have the passion for people, for business, uh, for customers, then uh, yeah, probably it's not the right place for you to be there. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I, I um, on on some occasions I've met you. On one particular occasion, I remember meeting you on a Sunday evening um, at a house in the countryside in in Belgium, and you were reading a book about business, and we were comparing books that we've read. And you are one of lots of people actually who've been on this um, series of podcasts who you're just a student of business. It's kind of almost like it's your hobby. I know you've got many other hobbies and family interests, but. Uh, it's always obvious to me that you are passionate about trying to find the best possible way to grow and develop your people, your business, a relationship with customers. And it's a never ending journey for you. And I think that's when you know you've got it right. When you pick up the newspapers and it's the business pages that most attract your attention, then you know it's your passion. And, and I, I think you're absolutely right. Cope, but thank you so much for giving us um, some time. I know it was hard to squeeze in uh, just before your holidays. Have a fantastic summer. Congratulations to you and everyone at SD Works for the amazing success. We look forward to seeing the business continue to go um, from strength to strength. But for today, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Matt, for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. CEOs have so many demands on their time that it's no surprise the more effective have in mind their own rule of thumb, as Kobe calls it, which in his case is a third of his time with customers, a third of his time with the team, and one third for all the other stakeholders. Seems to make sense. Yet again, we hear from Kobe the fundamental importance, that secret source that maybe isn't so secret after all, of constantly investing time in building a diverse executive team. That second family who can laugh together and challenge each other in equal measure. It's really great when you hear a CEO say that this is now more of a thrill even than winning new customers. Whatever the months and years ahead hold, I can be sure that Kobe will continue to be himself, steal with his eyes and ears and keep his colleagues together with a clear and compelling strategy. Many thanks to Kobe for joining us and of course, as ever, thanks to you for listening. If you're a first-time listener, then please take a look at our back catalogue and see what more inspiration you can find there. And if you're a regular and you like what we're doing, then please tell your friends and colleagues and share this podcast with them. Of course, if you're not so keen on it, let us know too. We love hearing from our listeners with ideas and suggestions for the future. Meantime, best wishes to you all in your endeavours and look forward to welcoming you to the next episode of Meet the CEO from Positive Momentum.